Welcome to Mindful of Maya, the podcast. A wise woman once said that the most valuable gift you can give yourself is time. So thank you for tuning in today where my highest intention always is to exchange your time with the knowledge I am given along this journey towards the divine. Welcome back to another episode of Mindful of Maya, where I always appreciate you being here today. In this week's episode, I really want to explore all of the different ways that we can show up to our own existence, and I really want to break down for you what, why I believe we are living in a time that is pouring acid over our attention spans and different ways that we can combat that. A lot of this week's episode is based on the research that I found from Earl Miller. Earl Miller was a scientist who discovered the switch cost effect. Now, the switch cost effects, to break it down for you in simpler terms, is when we're juggling too many things at once, and when we try to juggle more than one thing at a time, then we'll really actually be doing whatever we're trying to juggle half ass so we're not actually devoting our time to those things it's more like let's say you're trying to do three things at once you're only doing those things half the way that you could be doing them if you were to just decide to do them one thing at a time and what earl miller discovered with the switch cost effect is that when we do this when we try to multitask we actually end up making more mistakes and we don't remember a lot of the things that we're trying to do. When I read this next statistic, it really blew my mind. And that is that we touch our phones an average of 2,617 times every 24 hours. So that means that the average American spends about three hours and 15 minutes a day on their phone. I'm not here to bash that because I do believe that there are a lot of great things that you can use your phone towards. For example, right now recording this podcast, I'm using my phone because I made the outline for the podcast on my phone. So obviously some of the minutes in my day that I'm using my phone are dedicated towards creating and I'm sure that's a lot of other people as well. What I want to talk about today is focus and how I believe our focus is slowly being robbed from us. And when I talk about focus, I want you to remember a time that you've achieved anything big in your life. Really take a moment and think about it. Whatever that achievement was, it took a lot of focus and attention, a huge amount of focus. Now, when your ability to focus is slowly broken down over time, it also slowly breaks down your ability to achieve your goals. Because we're living in a society filled with people who have a very hard time focusing, I believe we're slowly creating 
a whole network of individuals who feel as if they are inadequate and almost lost in their own lives, when in reality, their attention is just being robbed by some very powerful individuals. Now, Earl Miller was a world-renowned neuroscientist, and I do want to quote Earl Miller. He believed that people can't multitask very well, and when people say that they can, they're deluding themselves. And as technology continues to advance, more people believe that they can do tasks at the same time, but that is actually a myth. And Earl Miller produced a lot of data that supports this. Reading through this data, it really did blow my mind because I would like to think that I can do more than one task at once. And a lot of the information that we're going to cover today has inspired me to slow down and focus on one thing at a time. Especially as women, I think in today's society, it is just a given that, you know, women are good at multitasking. And to a certain extent, we do have to multitask. However, I believe when it comes to our larger goals, if we take that same mindset, oh, I'm good at multitasking, I can handle it, and apply it towards the things that we actually want to achieve in life, then that is where the problem is. Because then it becomes we're taking on too many things at once and not actually getting anything done in the long run. We may be getting the little minuscule tasks done such as you know cleaning the house and cooking the dinner and taking care of the kids and all of that but when it comes to our broader goals our focuses in life the things that give us purpose we really need to take the time to slow down another person that I researched for today's episode is Dr. James Williams who believes that there are many different layers to attention. So the first layer to attention, he refers to as the spotlight. And he refers to it as the spotlight because it is the ability to achieve a short-term task, such as walking into a room to grab something specific. The next layer is what Dr. Williams calls your starlight, which is a longer-term goal. It's called our starlight because when you're lost in the desert and you're not sure where to go, you look up and you see a star and you realize that's the direction you want to travel. And he believes that that is the layer that's being hugely disrupted. But there is a layer of attention that's even deeper, and that's what Dr. Williams refers to as your daylight which is your ability to even know what your goals are in the first place. So how do you know what it means to be a good parent? How do you know what book you want to write? How do you know if you even want to start a business? He refers to it as our daylight because our ability to see it is clearer when things are very bright in your life. Another researcher that I stumbled upon is by the name of Johan Hari, and he believes that there's actually another layer of attention that is even deeper than the daylight. He likes to refer to this layer as our stadium lights, and this level of attention, he believes, is our ability to see and connect with each other and to achieve collective goals. 
when you break down your ability to focus into these different layers, it really gives you a different perspective on why our attention spans are so important. Because focus isn't just the ability to sit down and read a 500-page book or, you know, to sit down and watch a movie. There's so much more to our focus. And when that's being robbed from you at your core, that is a lot of the reason why so many people feel very confused in life and why when they sit and ask themselves, what do I want out of life? And they can't come up with an answer that feels concrete. We really need to go back to our attention spans and what is so important there. Because let's say you are being directed away from focusing on your deepest layer of attention and are at a point in your life where you don't really know what your purpose is, then most likely you are going to get hung up on what a lot of these successful individuals portray on social media and start to think to yourself, oh, I don't know what I want to do in life, but I like what they're doing. So because I like what they're doing, that must be what I want to do. Without even realizing that they want us to not know what we want to do, look at someone else and think, oh, that must be what I want to do too. It looks cool. Which brings me to my next point. I don't believe it's a coincidence that we're seeing all of these challenges in the world play out while we're also going through this attention crisis. This just proves why our ability to focus actually affects every area of our life. Another individual that I researched while looking into focus goes by the name of B.F. Skinner. He was a world-renowned psychologist of his time, and he came up with a study called the System of Arbitrary Rewards that pretty much says that you can take any animal and you can convince it or make it seem like it's choosing to do something when in all actuality it's actually being controlled. And B.F. Skinner's research is directly what was used for social media and taking a look at his research made me realize and understand how this has been done to us how we've been manipulated and did not even realize we were being manipulated the science that bf skinner founded which would later be called behavioralism is the foundation of what guided social media When they were creating social media, they had to find a way to get people to use their apps for as long as possible. So they stumbled upon the system of arbitrary rewards. And in the case of social media, it comes down to the hearts, the likes, the comments, the followers. Which is why if you use social media long enough, it's designed to make you crave these things. It is built into the coding of these apps. And unless you are someone who, let's say, doesn't have the necessarily what we would deem normal brain, meaning let's say that you are autistic or have some sort of um, 
condition that separates your mind from the rest of ours, there's no way out of these traps. It's not our fault. We're not weak. These applications were designed to affect us. Okay, so you might now be asking yourself, what can we do to undo the programming that has been put upon us? Well, now that we understand that your attention determines the experiences you have and the experiences you have determine the life that you live or said in another way, you must control your attention to control your life. We realize that it really comes down to your ability to be able to recognize when your attention is being stolen from you. And rather than allow distractions to completely throw you off course, you have to choose where you're directing your attention at any given moment. And you have to choose that based on your understanding of your own priorities and goals. Now, there are some external factors that we have complete control over. And the first one that I want to touch on is our technology. We have to remember that the technology that we utilize is there to serve us, not the other way around. Something that's been helping me not waste so much time on social media is when I look at social media as one giant ad and I remember that if you're not making money on social media, then by you sitting there and scrolling, someone else is making money off of you. So by simply changing my perspective around that, every time I go to find myself scrolling or going to look on the left side of Instagram, I almost just get frustrated and fed up by the fact that everywhere we look, there's a commercial In every other story, there's someone's sponsored ad. And just like I no longer can sit down and really watch normal cable because the commercials infuriate me so much, I kind of use that same principle when it comes to Instagram. It's I'm not going to waste my time looking at commercials when there's so many more things you could be filling your head with. A simple thing that I recommend that we can all do right now is turn off those push notifications. The push notifications were specifically designed to grab our attention away from whatever it is that you're doing in the moment and steal your attention to focus on whatever notification that you set. So I know a lot of YouTubers will comment or let us know, you know, turn on your notifications so you see when I get a new video. You don't need to be getting notified. If you have the time to watch a video, you will sit down and see their new video. You don't need to be told when that new video is going to be published because it's going to be there regardless. So the fact that we think we need to be notified about all of these new things, that alone is robbing our attention. So that's something simple that everyone listening to this podcast can do right now. Go and turn off your notifications. You do not need to know about all of the latest videos or all the new updates on every single app. Turn off the notifications. You do not need to see that on your screensaver.
The next factor I want to talk about is how we can control our environment. Controlling our environments really comes down to setting boundaries. And in a society where that term is used very loosely, I want to focus on instead of setting boundaries with other people, the boundaries that we set within ourselves. Now, I believe the key to setting successful boundaries really comes down to understanding the why behind the boundary and why it is important to your emotional well-being. So you really need to take some time to self-reflect, take some time to sit with yourself to really understand what it is you need in order to work better and give yourself more focus and clarity in your life. I believe a big reason why when you set boundaries, they're not immediately successful is because we all tend to set boundaries too large. And I really think that you need to start small and give yourself and celebrate the small wins for yourself and give yourself small boundaries in the beginning and work your way up to larger boundaries. So I want to give an example of a boundary that I have introduced in my life recently. And I did talk about it on a previous episode. And that has been the boundary around what it is that I'm choosing to listen to. A lot of the times with music, it's very easy to just listen to, for me, you know, whatever's on the radio or whatever happens to be playing in the background. What I've been doing lately and the boundary that I've been setting with myself is when I'm driving in my car, I don't put anything on the radio. I have it be completely silent. And when I am interested in listening to something, I'll tune into a podcast. And that boundary has assisted me in gaining more knowledge for this podcast. Another boundary that I have recently set is I decided to take some time away from socializing. As much as I love my friends and they mean so much to me, I noticed that I was finding myself distracted by what plans I had going on that day or that week instead of sitting with myself and asking what is important to me and what do I want to give my focus on. So I definitely went, you know, to the extreme and decided to really take a pause on socializing. But you don't have to necessarily go to the extreme. As I mentioned earlier, you could start small. So you could consider getting an hour or two of alone time every weekend. And this could be a boundary that you are consistent with. And you know, every Sunday I spend these two hours alone or just with my family members and I'm not thinking about plans with friends. Or instead of feeling like you need to quit social media altogether, maybe start with one day a week. I do not go on any social media applications. I truly believe that we have the divine power within us to regain control of our attention. I believe it will take practice and we can't be too hard on ourselves because we have to remember we are up against 
trillion dollar companies that spend billions of dollars each quarter, not even each year, each quarter, just to get a sliver of our brains. And with this awareness, we can now go into defense mode. Instead of just being on autopilot and taking it in as it comes, we really have to defend our attention spans. And this is something that takes practice and this is something that is a deliberate thing that we have to continue to do. Another thing that even my six-year-old knows and loves to remind me is that we should always do our hardest task when we are most alert. So taking control of your goals means breaking them down into tasks and actual things that you need to do on any given day. So when you have the most energy, go ahead and knock out that hardest task because that feeling that you will have once it is over will give you momentum to then get everything else done. Another way that we can be on the defense when it comes to taking control of our attention is staying hydrated. And many of us know that we need to drink water and how dehydration can make us feel very tired and irritable and slow. And that's because when our brains don't have enough fluid, they really can't operate at their best performance. So let's say you are having a bit of brain fog, chug a glass of water because that's just an easy way that you can help to improve your concentration. Something that I learned from Tony Robbins and completing one of his courses is just how important movement is for our bodies. So before I start anything that I'm really excited about, one thing that I like to do is just jump up and down and just shake yourself out and shake yourself around. And if you look at young children and the way that they are constantly moving their body parts all, you know, crazily and constantly running around, a lot of that has to do with when you move your body around in ways that you normally wouldn't, you're getting out of that sedentary lifestyle and your brain is then more able to be in the moment. So anytime you find yourself your brain wandering, take a second to really just shake it out, jump up and down, visualize, you know, a dog after a bath and how they shake out. Do that. Something else that I've also been implementing lately is I'll switch between high and low attention tasks. So for example, when I'm recording this podcast, I give it all of my focus and attention And I know afterwards, I want to give something to myself that feels more like a reward. So what I'll love to do is go and read a chapter or two of whatever fiction book I'm reading. And that way it's it's still I'm, you know, very excited and recording this. But switching between that high focus and then giving yourself that switch to a low focus activity gives your brain a rest after heavy concentration And by switching to the low attention task for about 15 minutes or longer, it actually allows you to get more done because your brain doesn't associate that high attention task with a negative thing. It's more knowing, okay, after I finish that thing that's going to take up a lot of my concentration, I know that I'm going to be able to rest into an area 
that feels more low energy and something that gives me more of a feeling of rest. Because these little self-rewards that we give ourselves can really be big motivators. And although it may sound counterintuitive, giving yourself these short, regular breaks throughout the day actually really helps to increase your focus. I hope today's podcast really gave you a lot that you can add to your mental toolbox, especially when it comes to the importance of really showing up to your own existence and owning that. Because like I always say, awareness is key and knowledge is power. And having the awareness to know that our focus is something that we have to defend every single day is really going to take you far, especially when it comes to the realization that we don't want to be the society filled with people who don't understand why they can't figure out their purpose in life. And now that we have some tools and some information around why that is, I want you to go out and apply it to your own life. Until next time, I want you all to know how much love I am sending out to you. I am rooting for you and I believe in you.